Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready for another episode of Mike Gazzola's Real Estate Investing That Works? Making money in real estate has never been easier. To get started now, go to teachmemike.com. Welcome. You are listening to Real Estate Investing That Works with Mike Gazzola. I'm Carrie Lutz. This is Episode 7. There are 50 states plus a number of commonwealths and possessions in the United States, but there are literally hundreds of markets, Mike. How do you figure out what market to go for? I mean, we know there's the go-go markets, Miami, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Chicago. Obviously, it's really hard for all but the extremely well-capitalized, high-flying real estate investors to make money. They're boom-bust markets, but how do you figure out what markets to invest in? What are the best ones to go for? Well, the the first thing that you need to ask yourself is what is your ultimate goal? Because that matters. When you're choosing a real estate market, you have to decide, are you looking to generate a monthly cash flow? Are you looking to get a continuity income every month? Or are you looking to purchase properties and just simply flip them, resell them for a profit and do the same thing over and over again? And I'll give you an example. You know, if I'm looking for rental income, what I've discovered is to get the highest return on my investment for rental income, you're going to want to go to these blue collar markets where, as an example, Buffalo, New York, it's great in Buffalo because you can purchase a property fully remodeled, fully ready to go for 30, 35,000. And typically it's going to generate about $750 a month in rental income. Now, if I'm investing in, say, uh, South Florida, for me to get $750 a month rental income, I would typically have to tie up $60,000, $70,000 to get that kind of rental income. But the rate of appreciation is historically higher in South Florida. So if your goal is rental income, I know a lot of people think, you know, why would you want to invest in the Detroits, the Clevelands, the Buffaloes? But what you got to understand about these markets is the rate of return for your rental rental is very high. And although the amount of appreciation is typically lower, it makes for a great rental market if that's your goal. Now, how do you find these rental markets, right? How do you find out which market that you want to invest in? And how do you know what rental rates are? How do you know what a a typical property goes for? You know, I'll give you one asset that I like to use because it's real simple. If I just want to do a quick evaluation of a market, And that's Realtor.com. If you just go to Realtor.com, you can put in any market in the entire country and just look what the average asking price is. Now, this is a very broad way of doing it, but it gives you a quick snapshot so you know if you're wasting your time or not. And then if you go to a market, a, a website like Zillow, even though I don't use them for their Zestimates and how much they say a property's worth, I like to use it just for general to see what kind of rents. You know, they, they have the, the mark on there that tells you about what kind of rent you could expect. So if you're looking at markets, you want to see what's the typical sales price? What's the typical rent? 
And is that a good return on investment? Now, some of the markets, like you mentioned, you know, if you're in Miami or Los Angeles, New York, you're buying properties there typically for a different reason, because a lot of times if you buy a house, say in Southern California, and you got a mortgage on it, the amount of rent you're going to get is typically going to be lower than your expenses on the property. But people that buy in those markets are usually buying for the long-term appreciation. So that's why I say you got to know what your goal is. If your goal is long-term appreciation and you're not so concerned with the monthly rental income and sustaining your monthly payment every month, then you may want to consider the markets that have historically higher appreciation. Because if you could buy a property in a distressed market, say in Southern California for 200000 and if you were to have the funds to be able to sustain that debt for six months a year, typically you're going to be able to sell that maybe for 20, 30% higher if you bought it right than what you paid for it. So the reason you would buy a property like that is for the lump sum of cash. Now, if you're looking to just supplement your income, you're looking to generate a monthly cash flow, you may want to consider some of these what they call blue collar areas, meaning properties you could buy for under 100,000. Typically, that's the sweet spot. If you can buy a property for under 100,000, that's going to get you just say $1,000, $1,100 a month. That's probably going to be a decent cash flow for you. Now, if you went to areas like, uh, you know, there's one area that I used to invest in called Youngstown, Ohio. When I first started out, I didn't have a lot of cash. There you could buy properties for $10,000, $12,000, and you could get rental income of $450, $500 a month. So if you multiplied that out, you know, you'd have to buy 20 of those properties and to get the same rental income that you would get off buying one property in, say, Miami or Los Angeles, which typically have higher appreciation, but you're going to tie up a lot more cash. So each person's situation is always going to be unique. How much are you working with? How much are you looking to generate monthly? What is your ultimate goal? Is it just to buy it and flip it and never rent it out? These are the things that you need to answer for yourself. And then I'll give you the tools to be able to find those properties in whatever market matches the amount of money you have. Just like in South Florida, if you purchase a piece of land, right now you could buy land for 10 cents on the dollar of what it was during the boom. That's not a bad buy and hold because you're paying 10% of what it was during the boom. And if you, you're able to sit on it, if you spend $2,500, $3,000 on a vacant lot, and that vacant lot once sold for $50,000. Now, you're buying it so far under market value that if you were just to wait as the market continues to go up, you may not ever see that $50,000 again, but what about 15, 20, 25,000? That's absolutely doable in these markets if you're willing to buy and hold. What about the concept of landlord-friendly markets and landlord-unfriendly markets? That's right. So as a lot of you know, you know, some markets, it's very easy to kick somebody out. You know, the process is very friendly. California, they say, is not very friendly. You know, it may, may take you six, seven, eight months to get somebody out. In Florida, I found it's very friendly to get somebody out. Same with New York. If they don't pay you the rent, it's not hard to get the person out of there. Now, if you're in a market where it's very unlandlord friendly, that might be a market where you would consider doing a buy and hold or buy based on the equity position. So if a property, if you're able to buy it in Southern California for 70 cents on the dollar and you're able to flip it for 95 cents on the dollar, that's still going to be a great deal. 
And you would have to decide if you wanted to get involved in rentals in an unfriendly state like that. And, you know, with the power of the Internet now, you can simply Google eviction process, typical eviction times. You could take any market and you can learn about how easy it is to evict somebody, what the process is, and you can make an educated decision before you ever invest in that market. Yeah. What about screening your tenants? How do you do that? Well, I found that the easiest way and the cheapest way is just to hire a professional to do it. You know, a lot of these markets, you know, I, I think I pay 8% in, in Arizona. I think I pay 10% up in New York, 10% down in Florida. So you got to look at it. How much time, energy, effort do you really want to spend to save yourself 10%? And you got to understand when you hire professionals that are professional licensed property managers, they're going to do all the screening for you. Of course, you could have the ultimate approval. You say, listen, before anybody's approved to move into my unit, I want to review the application. You can see how much money they make. But to me, I love saving money. I love cutting out the middlemen. But I'll tell you, the 10% that it costs you, you know, if you're collecting $8,000 a month in rental income, to me, it's well worth the $800 to have somebody in all these different areas who lives there locally, who has a feel for the market locally, who knows the regulations and the laws and the rules and what's standard, what's not standard. You know, some of these markets, it's standard you put a stove in, in the unit before you rent it. Some markets it's not. You know, whenever I rent a place up in New York, surprisingly, you don't need to include a stove and a fridge. You know, this is the tenant's responsibility. In Florida, they would literally laugh at you if you tried to rent a place and you didn't supply a stove and a refrigerator. You know, not knowing the markets. I, I was telling the property manager when I first entered the Florida market, you know, why would we supply a stove and a fridge? That makes no sense. But they said, Mike, well, good luck renting it if you're not gonna. <laughs> so finding a property manager, a good property manager, go to the internet again, I would imagine, right? That's right. You just simply interview them. Take a combination of, of Craigslist, of, you know, of uh, just Googling property managers. And, you know, I, I needed a down in Florence, Arizona, pretty remote area. And I had a nice pool home that I bought for I think $26,000, a four-bedroom, three-bath home with a pool. Yeah, it was a little bit of a remote area, but, you know, it's its own little microclimate there in Florence. And my property manager from the Phoenix area didn't want to go there. It was about an hour drive. They didn't want to manage down there. So I did exactly what I teach you guys to do, and I found a tremendous property manager, someone who was from the area, that had rentals in the area, that have a full sales force in the area. They even knew certain tenants. You know, I'd get a tenant application. They would say, well, this is a great tenant. I've rented to them in the past or they say this is not such a great tenant I've rented to them in the past because these small markets it's, it's like people know each other so you you burn one company and you know you kind of get a bad rap but you know they do the backgrounds for you they're checking the jobs the proof of income you know the the proof of residence they're they're making sure that they are who they say they are and you know what if you have the ultimate approval you don't really have to know much I mean it's simple math the person has five thousand dollars a month coming in they have fifty 
$1,500 a month going out. Looks like they can afford my place. They don't have any evictions on their record. You know, these are, you know, it's just a lot of the times you, you take what the property manager tells you, but use your own common sense too. Right? When you're screening for these property managers, it's the same thing. You want to see what's their rating online. What kind of complaints do they have or what kind of compliments do they have? You want to ask them, what's your screening process? You want to ask them, how many units do you currently manage? You want to ask them, you know, how long is your lease? How much do you charge me to fill the place? Typically for me, a half month's rent to a full month's rent is reasonable for them to place the tenant. I've never had to pay more than equal to one month's rent. You follow me on that? So if the rent's $800, I would pay a property manager up to $800 to fill it to get me a qualified tenant. And then I'd have no problem paying eight to 10% a month for a good property manager. And when you have a good tenant uh, and you don't want to lose them, what's the best way to retain those good tenants? You know, I've always had a rule and the tenants, they typically don't leave me. If I rent you a place, I will not raise your rent. And I make that commitment. You know, some people say, well, why wouldn't you raise it another $25, $50 every year? Well, the truth is you got to look at it like this. If somebody stays one year and you miss just one month of rent. Say, let's just use a simple example. Your rent's $800 a month. That's about 10 grand a year. Okay. So by me not raising the rent, when am I going to raise it? $25, $50. So that'll give me another $600 a year, right? Well, if that tenant moves out, I automatically lose $800 because I lose a month's rent and I lose the time and maybe it needs a new paint job. Maybe I'm going to have to steam the carpets, you know, maybe I'm going to have to pay another seven, $800 to make the place rentable again. So the way I retain my tenants is I simply don't raise the rent. I've had people live with me for years and I just don't raise the rent. And you know what? Sometimes I end up being a couple hundred dollars under market value. But guess what? I have a tenant that pays me every month. That's very unlikely to complain. You know, if a light bulb goes, you know, they're not going to want to bother you because at the same time, they enjoy the lower rent. They enjoy not having to find another place. Now, I keep my places nice, but at the same time, I'm not getting tenants complaining and nickel and diming me to death because I'm fair with them. They're fair with me in return. I mean, it's human nature. Yeah. So to get the 25 to 50 bucks a month extra, you wind up having to pay for it and you're not really really getting getting anything back for it. That's absolutely right. You know, a lot of the a lot of the times, you know, you, you may be tempted because getting that little bit more per month might seem like a good idea. But remember, missing a month of rent, you're already in the hole just by missing the month of rent. And if you want to retain your tenants, make them happy and they'll make you happy in return. Very rarely, you know, I might have a 2% eviction rate because of that fact and because I'm good with my tenants and I'm fair with them and I have no personal contact with most of my tenants it all goes through property managers and you know what in some areas I've had to go through two three property managers if I'm not happy with them I'll simply replace them it's not that hard you know with the power of the internet now you do this remotely you know one of the main things that I teach you guys how to do is investing in real estate remotely so I give you the tools the assets what to do to not have to go visit these properties. That's the idea because you don't want to be flying out to these properties. You know, most of my properties that are rented, I haven't been on the inside in a very long time because there's no need to. Let the property manager do the yearly inspection. Let the property manager follow up on rents. Let the property manager just send me a statement every month with exactly what I've collected and I'll take it from there. Makes a lot of sense. And Mike, 
find out more about investing in real estate? How do they find out more? Yeah, if you want to learn more about investing in real estate, you can get started today. Just go to teachmemike.com. It's all right there for you. To get started now, go to teachmemike.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.